Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and this is the first day from the fundraising school. Today, we're literally looking across the world as international philanthropy continues to grow, not just in individual countries, but here in the United States, as dollars are being raised for other international locations. There is a new report that has come to the Lilly Family School Philanthropy that you can use to be fully aware about international philanthropy and fundraising, and that you can use for your fundraising planning. Our guest is Dr. Una Osley. She is the Associate Dean of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. She also is the director of our college's research efforts. And Una, thanks so much for being with us here it's on the first pleasure. day from the Fundraising School. The Global Philanthropy Index, what is this resource? Thank you, Bill, for having me. There are two projects that are under this umbrella of the global indices. The first one is the Index of Global Philanthropy and Remittances. It's a mouthful, but it looks at the landscape of global philanthropy, how much is being raised um, globally, and how does that vary across countries? How does it compare to other kinds of private flows, for example, foreign direct investment or official development assistance? The second report is actually quite relevant to fundraisers and nonprofit leaders, and that is the Index of Philanthropic Freedom. That report looks at the environment around oh. philanthropy across the world. It includes the United States, but currently covers 81 countries um, when it will be launched in March 2018, and that will be the first one done, uh, conducted by the Lilly Family School. Prior to the project coming to the school, it was housed at the Hudson Institute and led by Dr. Carol Edelman. And uh, the project, both of them were pioneering research efforts to actually start to understand what philanthropy looks like from a global perspective, as well as drilling down into countries, especially emerging economies, to understand what the environment looks like, what the laws uh, look like around philanthropy, the constraints that donors uh, and other government agencies may face in transferring money into countries, cross-border flows, but also the kinds of incentives that exist to give in those different environments. In that first uh, segment, you talked about international philanthropy and remittances. Can you go a little deeper on both of those subcategories? Absolutely. So uh, remittances are the transfers that migrants send back to their home countries. And what uh, most people do not know is that these flows have also increased over time. Mm. At the same time that we've had global philanthropy grow, we, we're seeing even more growth over the past two decades in migrant rem remittances as more people live in countries other than their countries of birth. They maintain economic ties with their home countries. This is important for many fundraisers to actually understand that many U.S. immigrants may be giving um, not just money, but also sending in-kind transfers to family members or communities outside of the U.S. So they may, may maintain strong economic ties with their place of birth. And this is not just true for uh, first-generation um, immigrants, but could include uh, second-generation immigrants and diasporas more broadly. And Una, with that first subcategory of international philanthropy, there are we looking at the migrants who've moved to the States and then also are supporting nonprofits back in their home countries? Or is this also fundraising efforts in the States uh, that support uh, international efforts? So I think of you know somebody who might be supporting uh, World Vision as an international nonprofit that works all over the world. Is that who we're talking about here? Or are we talking more about, I think about a, a group that uh, we've worked with at the fundraising school where our Jewish neighbors here in the States raise money to send back to Israel. What are we meaning here by international philanthropy? 
So when we talk about international philanthropy, we're talking about two very distinct um, types of flows. The first is perhaps one that is probably the largest set of flows, and that's uh, transfers that are contributions that U.S. citizens mm -hmm. or U.S. residents make to nonprofits based here in the U.S. but under an international umbrella. Okay. So those are registered 501c3 organizations serving a global context and mm -hmm. that could include UNICEF, it could include uh, World Vision, mm -hmm. many organizations, Doctors Without Borders would yeah. be another example. The difference there or the distinction there is that when you give to a World Vision, it's a registered 501c3 charity, so you receive a charitable um, or ability to deduct right. the, your charitable contributions. Now, if you give to a nonprofit based in Haiti mm -hmm. or not registered here in the U.S. or an organization based in Ghana or in China mm -hmm. or anywhere in the world that is not a U.S. registered 501c3, the donor doesn't have the ability to get a tax incentive. Yeah. But what we're seeing is that many donors are giving to U.S. registered uh, charities, but they're also supporting um, causes outside the U.S. because it's easy easier uh, easier than at any other time in our history to click on a mouse or to go to a yeah. website or even on your phone to make a donation to a nonprofit anywhere in the world. Uh, so we're seeing both of those flows. It's much harder as a researcher to track the flows that are taking place where uh, someone supports a nonprofit, say in uh, Sudan, South Sudan, or in Egypt, because if that isn't uh, captured on the tax form or through that nonprofit's record, we have no way of tracking it. The benefit of our new project and uh, the Lilly School um, taking uh, leadership of the global indices is that we can look at both sides of it, gifts that are coming um, within the U.S. to registered U.S. charities, but we can also look at it from a global context those cross-border flows where U.S. residents are supporting um, charities in other countries will be able to study them, but from that country's perspective as well. So this Global Philanthropy Index is more comprehensive than, other before, than ever before in helping us understand international philanthropy. Uh, one of the questions I have for you is what trends are we seeing overall, whether it's from this index or from Giving USA? What is happening related to international philanthropy? Taking this at the broadest level possible, it's important to note that U.S. residents, U.S. households are more engaged in global philanthropy than at any other point. Uh, we've seen over time, specifically from giving USA international philanthropy, be, become one of the fastest growing segments mm. of the philanthropic landscape. Prior to 1987, we didn't track international giving because it was such a small uh, slice of the overall pie. And over time, the slice has grown. Another way that we've studied um, the growth is to look at the fraction of U.S. households that are supporting international causes. And it was less than 1% in 2000, and it's increased over time to uh, six, seven, eight percent in some years of Americans giving to international causes, and especially younger Americans are very interested in supporting mm -hmm. causes elsewhere in the world. Um, and not just uh, with their time, but in some cases actually volunteering and engaging with uh, causes outside of the United States. 
And then this second half of the index, looking at you know philanthropic freedom across the world on a country by country basis. And as Una mentioned, 81 countries uh, are examined. I think about when I was teaching in Miami, and one of our participants at the fundraising school, uh, because of a family and a successful business, the folks had immigrated here from Ecuador. Mm -hmm. They had asked him to uh, start a school in Ecuador for low-income residents there. It would seem to me, if I'm thinking about being a nonprofit active in an international location, uh, certainly all of the trends about international giving are important, but I also need to have a sense of what is the landscape in the nation I'm serving, and it sounds like this philanthropic freedom uh, aspect of the index can help guide me there. Is that correct? Yes. I think for many fundraisers and nonprofit leaders, this will be a very useful tool and resource. And it may be because you have a donor in that country yeah. and you want to find out, well, how do I help this donor or support this donor in making their gift? Uh, many colleges and universities now have international alums and they may want to consult with the Index of Philanthropic Freedom to understand how to engage donors from those other countries. Another group that can use this very uh, intentionally are funders that are working across regions. We're seeing increasingly that foundations, as well as some nonprofits that grant or make sub-grants, uh, for example, disaster-serving organizations, understanding what the restrictions and the barriers are to working in other countries outside of the U.S., whether that's in Asia, in Africa, and Latin America. So this is a, a very useful tool across the board to better understand how different countries compare. And I think it's also a useful scorecard for countries themselves to see how are we doing, how can we improve our environment so that it's easier for donors to give. And what was surprising about the report last time is that we assumed that the U.S. would emerge at the top in terms of the best giving environment, and what we found that it was actually the Netherlands that, that outranked the U.S. I think what we're hoping also to achieve is a bit of a uh, kind of a virtuous uh, um, arms race, in other <laughs> words, where everyone, all these countries are actually working hard to improve the environment and the climate for philanthropy so that individuals, foundations, and corporate donors can give uh, more effectively. So that's an opportunity for us as fundraisers, certainly to raise money for our nonprofits, uh, as well as what that means uh, across the world and comparing nations to, to each other. The Global Philanthropy Index is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. In fact, all of our research is available there, as well as information about the fundraising school, our public courses, our webinars, our scholarships, and other resources that you can use to strengthen your fundraising skills. I'm Bill Stanjakavich, and you are up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.